0: Well, this is a first. We're on the way back from Burnley and it was either record a tripe or listen to Newcastle-Sheffield Wednesday and the obvious uh, the obvious one was decided. Um, Vic, John, we'll get straight into the to the game and, and the talking points to come from the game. The goal, to start with. Victor Valdez, uh, I talker anchor obviously was asked about him afterwards and, and and kind of pulled out his well-rehearsed we win together and lose together line but it goes without saying
1: surely that Valdez will be desperately disappointed for his part in the goal. Oh, yeah. From hero to zero in the fraction of a second. I mean, he got down... and. It was a a well-struck shot And he got down and got a hand on it And he looked like he had it And then somehow it slithered and squirmed away And and it was over the line Time froze didn't it as as the ball edged towards the line And and it was always going to be a game decided by one of those kind of moments It settled into a flabby, scrappy, uh, championship almost kind of tempo to it Uh, We knew what to expect Borough picked and passed and probed uh, sort of 30 yards out and couldn't quite find the, the ball into the box Burnley knocked it long diagonals and we knew it was going to happen
2: The most um, frustrating thing is, is that it was very predictable wasn't it? I mean if, if Burnley for were open with a great bit of play you think fair enough but it was it was a punt upfield from the goalkeeper a head on from Vokes and he just he hit it instinctively yeah. straight at the keeper and it goes in that's the biggest disappointment and yes I mean obviously the other results kind of went for his way so it's not the end of the world but but losing to a goal that is so simple after bossing large parts of the second half i thought albeit without looking that threatening yeah. they were in control at one point i thought well yeah, it th-
1: came at the time when borough were, were looking the more likely yeah it, it, it was a 10 minute spell where borough upped the tempo which was out of context for the rest of the game which i thought was quite flabby really but yeah borough had done well for that 10 minutes a lot of possession they were starting to turn the screw and then bang uh, and we've seen that so often before it was. It, Okay, it was Christmas so obviously it was a repeat
2: it ebbed and flowed did it I thought Borough started well first 10 minutes and I think there was one stage in the first half where you were just desperate for the whistle to go because Burnley were on top mm. and again Borough started the second half well I mean whatever Crank had said at half time seemed to work it looked like there was only going to be one winner Burnley were just hitting diagonals which I thought Gibbo and to a lesser degree Chambers I thought he had a little bit of a shaky game but Gibson seemed to be you know, as, as good as ever and then yeah just out know nowhere that happens and it's, it is a bit of a kind of a, a kick in the stomach isn't it when you lose to that kind
0: of goal Gibson had excellently ushered Andre Gray away in the five minutes before the yeah. goal. I mean, Burnley hadn't threatened in the second half, but in the five minutes before the goal, there was a couple of of through balls which Gray looked to latch onto, and Gibson ushered him away with such ease. And I think that you know, if you're the defenders at that stage of the game, you're not. You're not considering losing the game. You know, there was no sign that the goal was coming. And like you say, I think that's the, the galling aspect. And and it was a repeat, wasn't it, of, of the Southampton game in that in that there was a game that you thought, yeah. this is there for the taking but here, if I... Burr can maybe just find that bit more bit more adventure, that that, that something that was missing, yeah. but but it never came and, and you and you're left
1: looking and thinking, well this is a case of what could and should have been. I think we'll find this season there's going to be half a dozen, 10 games like that where there's absolutely nothing in it. I mean, in some ways, a bit like the Watford game as well, where Borough were dominant but toothless. And then suddenly one moment, one mistake, one lapse of concentration and the game's gone. And at that point, we come back to the familiar problem, which is that Borough find it very hard to claw a goal back when, when the other team defend in depth.
2: That's the that game you mentioned. It was similar to that because I mean, albeit a, a little bit different, that obviously Middlesbrough dominated the first half of yeah. Southampton and, and then just didn't kick on. But, I mean, again, the questions after Southampton centred around either according substitutions or lack of bringing Triore on. And you could say to a degree, I mean, they were working well about 70 minutes in and they, were, they looked like there was only going to be one winner. But then did they need to tweak it there, does he leave it too long, it's the same old arguments that we have in the office every day, does he leave it too long, does he wait until the goal's already happened before thinking right I need to change this and obviously he did when Traore and and Friend came on.
0: Well Sean Dyche and he was asked about it afterwards, you you talk about their kind of responding as opposed to making things happen Mm. with the changes, Dyche had made three changes in the 11 minutes building up to the
1: goal and and he rightly took the plaudits for that after the game. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the thing with Burnley is, of course, everyone in the team knows exactly what, the, what they're doing, what the game plan is, what the template is. And in some ways, that's similar to Borough. Uh, as Burrow pushed further forward, uh, I think there was a few times when the, the defence were perhaps almost caught out a little bit high up the pitch. I mean, you mentioned the one where, where Gibbo had to chase Gray back and use his upper body strength to push him away. But there was a few times, uh, moments like that where the long ball did almost catch them but Burnley know that if they do that they, they're going to have an opportunity Talk about Christian Stuani because he was the one who
0: uh, you know, when, when the teams were announced I guess that was the only decision to be made really obviously George Fring coming back but who replaced Victor Fisher Stuani I thought predictably yeah. replaced him and, and uh, I guess some made the mind up before he'd started and, and although he didn't do a lot on the right side it, it was him who had who had Burr's best chances yeah, it's two it's, or three of them It's always
2: like that isn't it really, we always kind of say well wouldn't is he a right midfielder? Is he better up top? But he, and he ends the season as the top scorer like he did last year. He's Borough's top scorer, I think. Is he this year? Unless the grade over, obviously, he's overtaken. Him. Um, I thought he did okay, but and he's never going to rip a game up, is he, Stuart? Yeah. He, he's more going to be Johnny on the spot, coming into the box at the right moment.
0: Um, we seem to have the same conversation regarding Stuart over and over and over about him being played on the right. You're not getting the very best out of him. I think that's clear for everyone to see. But it's whether you're getting enough out of him. To, to, for you know, you know, you know, for the side going forward or whether there's an over reliance on Ramirez, which I think there is. If it, okay. you know, against Burnley, for example, I thought I thought Ramirez did okay. But if he if he goes missing for 5-10 minutes, where, who's going to create a chance?
2: And we saw that when the Ramirez was out against Southampton and Liverpool, that they really do rely on him. He might not, he might have his faults, and he might, you know, not be perfect. But he's as close to perfect as puller up. And again, I thought he, at times he was running that game in the in the second half. Back, back to the Sturani point. I mean, it, there's not many knocking on the door, is there? Really? I mean, I'm not surprised. Triori didn't start. I understand that the fans, he's explosive, and, and some people want to see that. I don't think it was his kind of game at all. You know, there was 11 yellow cards, wasn't there? I think he really got one kick and fancied that. And then obviously you've got people like Stuart Downing on the bench, clearly not being fancied. Fishes out. I think the the pool's quite quite shallow really isn't
0: it Vic, Vic what does it say about Downing because Ramirez has been playing very well on the right of late and, and to accommodate Stuani he moved Ramirez over to the left when there was a simple change to be made in bringing Downing in for the left the ready made left sider and keeping Ramirez on the right he's maybe what fifth in the pecking
1: order at the minute uh, I think it depends on what shape and what uh, outlook Karanka goes into a game with I think this this was a case where he thought he was going to be up against ten men dug in behind the ball and he quite often goes to a in those circumstances uh, in, in a different situation maybe you'd say that Traore would be a better option in terms of causing trouble to, for defences but you know when he came on there was very little room for him to operate in maybe we'll see him more likely in a game against like Man United where the opposition are expected to push on personally I, I, I think Stuart Downing should be uh, if not the first choice certainly Considered part of the, you know, the active part of the, the team because he's got the nous, he's got the experience at this level, which is something that we lack. And we know that he's very calm on the ball. He, he doesn't lose possession very easily. He retains it and he recycles it, and he's got a good range of passing. And sometimes it's you know it's the, that calm under pressure and, and picking out the right pass is what we need to unpick un tight defenses. The game finished with Fabio playing at right wing bizarrely,
0: and and with Barragan now suspended for Manchester United after getting his 50 yellow, one of 11 yellow cards in a game that bizarrely wasn't bad tempered. Um, will, will, it, will it be Fabio right back against Manchester United? George back? Will it be Emilio and John, O you mentioned putting Chambers there and bringing Espinosa and Ayala in. That seems a lot of upheaval. No, Surely I, I, Fabio's the obvious option. Yeah, he is. He has to and obviously he's very adapt- he, he played there before. He started the
2: 2011 Champions League final uh, for Man United so you'd think that he'd put Relish playing against his former club, he come in and it's all about whether George is match fit. Um if he is then he's shooing I think. But if he's not, that's when it starts to get a bit interesting. And you have got Callum Chambers or you've got Insui, here's the other option. So now I don't know which one I would prefer. If George is ruled out of Man United, I would probably move Chambers across.
0: Fabio, um, if he does, if he is moved across to right-back, and if he performs, I know there's a lot of this here, if he performs as he has been at left-back, Barraghan's going to have a job on his hand. That, that fifth yellow's coming a tough time for him, hasn't it, Vic?
1: Yeah, and I like watching Fabio. I think he's dippy. He's, he's got great engines, he's got good feet, he's feisty, we saw him put a sliding tackle in after the ball had crossed the line today. Uh, um, you know, he's a good outlet going up the flank, so... But my own, that, that's a good thing. My only fear is that I, I think maybe the boss would be averse to playing two uh, fullbacks with attacking cavalier instincts. That's where you know one you, you get caught out too easily if, if those people push up. And maybe Barragan's been preferred in recent weeks because he's more conservative. Uh, but I think Fabio's. I'd like to see him playing on that side just to see you know to, to show that he can actually do it. Uh, and I think it'd be an interesting option question then is who do you play in front of him because if he's going to be an attacking outlet the person in front of him has got to be perhaps a little bit more disciplined and that maybe raises a question mark over Traore would you play the two of them on that side I don't know I think it's interesting because you're talking there when
0: I asked the question as to to, you know when Ramirez if Ramirez goes missing or if Ramirez is injured or if Ramirez is having an off day who who do you look to to create and it probably says a lot about Borough that you look up to maybe George Friend or Fabio Whoever's playing at left back because they're surely you know they're, they're I mean Fabio as we see like Friend doesn't need a second invite to get yeah. forward but nothing much is coming from that right hand side when Triore is missing
1: when Triore is out. Uh, yeah, I mean the, the template last year was when when he played four two three one the, the three uh, the, the wide men would tend to tuck in the likes of Stuani who was not a winger and that gives space for the fullback to to bomb on. Uh, and it worked, it, you know. It created width and it create, created angles. But you need you need those people to actually deliver the crosses. And we're finding against really well-drilled uh, Premier League defences, it's quite hard to get those crosses into the box because the the defenders read them and clear them time and time again. Uh, where were we? <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm going t- away from. Food.
2: I think I'm, refl- I'm trying not to be too downbeat about it. Yeah, it was a sickening was in the way that it was, the way the goal went in. There were t- ten minutes away, I think we would have all taken a nil-nil, and, and maybe that's not being as adventurous as we should be looking to be, or whatever. But if 16th is aim, or 17th, whichever, whatever, then you know, you are going to lose a lot. Of, you're going to lose a lot of games, and they are about where they should be. I get, I get
0: the argument if you're going to lose a lot of games, but the point I make is that that can't be seen. You- that can't be kind of a fallback excuse every time you come away from a game where you should have taken something from and you haven't. No, I agree. Because well, you need to look at Leicester and Southampton and Watford and now Burnley and there's points there that Borough not could have picked up but should have picked up. And, and I get that, you know, yeah, 17th you're going to lose games and, and you can't win every week and all this, but equally that can't be an excuse when, no, you, when you come away from a game and you, you think clean. we should have taken something from that.
1: to get the ball forward. So I don't think, so I, don't think ahead that, ahead. I don't think. No, maybe that's a different question. But I don't think they'd settled for it. But in terms of this idea, you know, to say that we're going to lose games, it's not an excuse. It, it's a statement of reality in it this is? division. The teams that finish it, it is a fourth, fifth, sixth bottom at uh, the end of the season lose 14, 15, 16, 17 games. It is It is a statement of reality, but it's a statement of reality to
0: say we're going to lose games in, in, in any sport, in, in any sport, at any level. Well, that that doesn't, doesn't mean you're mean... settling for
1: it, though, No, no, it? no, but, no, but, but what, you what you I accept mean... accept it as being part of the landscape. It's
0: part of the landscape, but then equally, every time you lose a game, you can't say, well, we're, we're, we're going to finish 17th this year, we're going to lose games, because if, if, if you... Lo- and I'm, I'm, I don't want to make this sound as though it's the end of the world to lose a game at Burnley, because I don't think it is. I thought Borough did okay. Against an average side that that played to the strengths, but how you
1: know you can't let too many of those opportunities pass you by, and there are four or five. Well, well, I mean that's self-evident. But equally, uh, when when you lose a game, you you have you have to you have to accept that is part of the equation, and. Be in a position where every defeat becomes a major exercise in ripping ourselves apart. We know,
0: no, but then equally, we know I think the... it's a fine line between not just slipping it over and saying, Well, we're going to lose games. Well, no, I
1: don't think anyone's doing that, but the, the nature of, the, of where we are as a team, a newly promoted team, and the way we play games is we know that it's a fine line. Uh, you know, we don't play, you know, flowing football with loads of goals in the game. It, it comes down to one goal a game that's the manager's strategy whether, whether you agree with it or not uh, and we have to accept that that comes with with risks as well as rewards
2: i think the, the question that fans going away from burnley will think is is this poorer team playing within itself and on occasions this year yeah, they have you look at Southampton, where you know a little bit more oomph could have you know could have got a win you look at burnley where a little bit more oomph could have got it but equally you look or I have dug in and got points. I think it is a balance in that. But I do, in the future, it's the same old conversation that we kind of started with. But I do want Karanka sometimes to to change a game himself. Like, don't let the game evolve. Change it himself. He can use his bench. I think that'll be what the frustration what the most fans would be. It was there for. Burra basically you
0: know, took a gamble and it got quite. Really. Before we wrap up, obviously moving on to Manchester United. Now Borough the games this year have favoured it when Borough have been not under the cosh but you know expected to sit back when teams are you know when teams are expected to come on with them. Against Burnley and against Southampton when Borough have suddenly been the ones who were, who were expected to almost ask the questions, I think that's where they've, they've maybe let themselves down yeah, a little bit. So, so at Manchester United, can Borough go
1: there confident of picking something up? I mean, it's, it's a tough time at to play, United, isn't it? Uh, yes, they seem to be getting their act together, uh, but Borough have got a fairly decent record in these kind of uh, encounters this season for that just that reason. You know, the, other, the, other, the onus is on the opposition to attack, uh, it, it tends to create a little bit of space, I mean, if Traore's playing, obviously, you can exploit that space. But also, uh, Ramirez, if he he can find half a yard and half a second, he can be uh, the match winner. So, I think you can go into those games with the pressure off because you're the underdog. Uh, Anything you gain is a bonus. And uh, the the initiative has to be with the opposition. So, why not go there and think you can get something?
2: Yeah, I agree. I think they should go there confident and believing in themselves. But equally, I think that the expectation now... That's the danger. Borough have gone to Man City and Arsenal and, and, and got points, and, and you more than deserve the point against Arsenal, certainly. But you, know, you look—if if Borough are a, kind of a, a team that are 14th downwards, that can't be the, become the expectation either. We can go there thinking City are quite confident or can do it. But well, nine times out of ten, it's not going to happen, isn't it? But I not do I think the is the onus will all be on Man United. I think for a have nothing to lose. But then I think it is fully if after the two home wins against Swansea. You know, I think it is very much free hit against Man United, and then it's that Leicester
1: game. Isn't that it? Leicester game is massive. Plus the thing with Man United is there's also that uh, master versus apprentice yeah. itor Jose subplot, and who knows what Ito is going to pull out of the bag for that.
0: Excellent, well thanks a lot, fellas. Cheers, John. Or oh, cheers, Vic.